Today's episode of Best on the Board is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think football tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last minute tickets. Everybody, welcome to another edition of Best on the Board. I'm Chris Meany. You can give me a follow at Chris Meany. And I'm joined by Michael Beller. And you give him a follow at M. Beller. Week five here already, Michael. And easily, easily one of the weeks that I'm going to try to forget was week four. Uh, what a wild week. Ten of the 15 teams favored. Did not cover. Eight straight up lost. Survivor pools shredded for sure. Um, how did you make out last week? And are you looking forward to turning the page to week five? I'm definitely looking forward to turning the page. All things considered, I made out okay um, in in against the spread pools. Uh, I went eight and seven against the spread. And uh, in our picks here, I went three and four. Uh, in my super contest, I went two and three. So really, you know, compared to the rest of my pool, I think I actually gained a little bit of ground, even nice. though it wasn't a great week. Uh, so, yeah, made out okay, but alas, uh, I'll still be giving survivor picks, but I will not actually be making any survivor picks in my pools the rest of the season. St. Saint Louis, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, who I had 100% exposure to, uh, did me in last week. Yeah, same. I, I am alive in a couple survivor pools because I split them up. I went some with the Chargers and I went some with the Rams. But yeah, we had, it's certainly me, I had hammered home the point of just maybe getting away from that Chargers game. And you know what? It was a 10-10 game at one point, but Miami just <laughs> can't do anything uh, amazing. I was watching with a buddy and he had a Josh Rosen prop and I think it was like 191 yards passing. He only needed 30 in the second half and he did not get there. Oh. It's just like they could not move the ball. So it was a rough week. You were better than I. I. I was one for six. Yikes. That's a big yikes. In fact, I think on this show, I only got three games right. The Giants, um, the Bears, and Jacksonville. So it was a it was a rough week for me, for sure. I'm ready to bounce back. We have two teams on by this week again, Detroit and Miami. If you're listening to us in the Freeverse, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us. We really encourage you to just give us a rate and review, please, and thank you. And if you don't have a subscription to The Athletic, you can head on over there, theathletic.com slash best on the board. That'll give you 40% off. It's NHL. The puck has dropped NHL, but there's going to be some hockey articles, fantasy basketball draft guide to come, lots of NFL stuff. You can catch Beller on the ranking show with Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston, and they'll break down some rankings there. Tons of podcasts just released, and tons more are going to happen as well when the NBA does kick off. So head over there. You'll get that 40% off the subscription of The Athletic. It'll give you absolutely everything, every article, chats, all the good stuff. So should we get into it? Week five? I mean, we will have to get creative with um, survivor picks at the end with no Dolphins on the schedule. 
Yeah, seriously. We don't have the uh, the layup that's been there for us the first four <laughs> weeks. Although, I, I call it the layup that's been there, but I, I took it once, I think. I kept trying to be Mr. Tough, and look where it got me. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it's better not to, to overthink things and just get right into it, and that's what we're going to do right on this show. So let's start at the top on the Thursday night football game. One of the biggest upsets that you talked about, Beller, were the Rams. I mean, sure, Jared Goff put up a ton of yardage. He still didn't look good in that game. Maybe even worse was his defense, allowing 55 points. I don't think anybody had the over on 90, <laughs> but we got there for sure. So the Thursday night game looks like this. The L.A. Rams head into Seattle. They opened up as two-point favorites. The over-under was at 48. It's now at 49, and just it's gone the other way. Seattle actually one-point favorites heading into this game. We have the Seahawks at 25, team implied total. The Rams at 24. Thoughts here? Are you with the public backing Seattle, or do you see a bounce back here from the Rams? Oh, I think there's a ton of value on the Rams here. I mean, this is a classic overreaction to what happened last week. No team is as good or as bad, with the exception of maybe the Chiefs and the Patriots, as they were the previous week, right? The true answer is always somewhere in the middle, and this feels like a major overreaction to what happened to the Rams at home against the Buccaneers last week. This is a team that has been even better on the road under Sean McVay than it's been at home, uh, both uh, straight up and against the spread. Uh, the fact that we're getting one with what I think is objectively the better team uh, makes this, uh, for me, one of my favorite bets easily I think the Seahawks are a fraud they're sitting at three and one but week one they beat Cincinnati at home by one point and the Bengals had a chance to win that game in the fourth quarter then they won at Pittsburgh in a game where Ben Roethlisberger got injured and the chart or the uh, the Steelers still made it interesting only lost that game by two points then they get taken care of handily at home by the Saints a team we know to be very good and then last week they beat an Arizona team that is going to win what three games this season so uh, the Seahawks have proved Absolutely nothing to me. I love Russell Wilson, but I'm not sure about really anything else on that team. I think the Rams are clearly the better team. I'll take the point. I think the Rams are winning this game outright. Yeah, I think so too. If I was to give a lock, I mean, this would be it. This is probably this is another tough week with some spreads or some mediocre teams playing each other, and I always have a hard time picking between the two. But this is one. I I'm in just lockstep with you. I agree with everything that you just said. I, I even with the the Seahawks, I don't fully buy into anything I've seen. I don't take a lot of stock into going into Arizona and winning by seventeen points last week. So uh, this is an easy pick for me. I like the. Rams. Would you start Jared Goff? I know the ranking show, you're going to want to head over there. I'm sure Goff will be a topic for you guys, but this is somebody now in Goff, his last 12 games, including the playoff run, 13 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. He hasn't looked all that good. I know Seattle's a very tough place to play. I give his team the benefit of the doubt because they're all around better. I expect their defense to show up this week. They're not going to give up 50 plus points um, to Seattle, but what's your thoughts on Goff? Are you concerned at all with just what you've seen from him over the past, I guess, 10 weeks absolutely um what I'm concerned about the most with him is just the fact that they really haven't been able to push the ball deep at all uh you know we haven't seen a ton of Brandon Cooks we are going to talk about him on the ranking show which uh Jake Seeley Brandon Funston and I will be recording in a few hours and will be available to you uh listeners uh probably sometime around uh 5 p.m or so on Wednesday so uh likely if you're listening to this you can get that as well but uh I still feel like he's you know low-end quarterback one high-end quarterback two I feel like in most spots if you have Jared Goff he's going to be the better option again because I really just like the Rams overall in this game I think what we thought about Jared Goff coming into the season uh, if we were thinking about him as a plug and play every single week I think that is gone but still someone who because of what this offense can be is going to be a top half quarterback for me more often than not 
Uh, we have the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Ravens open up as three-and-a-half-point favorites. It has stayed that way. They have a 24-point team-implied total. Steelers have a 20.5 team-implied total. The over-under has moved a little bit, 42-and-a-half to 44-and-a-half. I guess everybody liked Mason Rudolph's offense, the Wildcat using Jalen Samuels, James Conner. They both touched the ball 18 times. They both had 10 carries. They both had eight grabs on eight targets. It was a different-looking offense. I know that Big Ben isn't around, but if I had to choose a side here, a divisional matchup, these two teams usually play each other other pretty tight uh, and it's amazing how things have changed with these two offenses over the past couple years with how they run very similar I think now with Pittsburgh and and what we saw from them last week some wildcat stuff there as well I, I for me I think any any time that two teams especially inside this division play each other I always feel like it's a field goal game and because of that I will lean with the home team in Pittsburgh yeah, not only am I leading with the home team, but I'm taking them as one of my most confident plays again this week. And you know, I, keep, I seem to keep picking the Steelers, and I seem to keep getting it wrong, no matter what side uh, I'm on with them. But I, I'm getting I'm getting more than a field goal with the home team yeah. uh, in a division matchup. It just feels like a good spot for the Steelers, even though uh, they are on a short week after playing uh, Monday Night Football against the Bengals last week. I really like what we saw from that offense. And obviously, you know, the Bengals' defense isn't going to be much uh, of a uh, handicap to go up against, but I still feel like that was a really nice uh, performance. And what I liked about it the most is that they clearly had a plan. They yeah. clearly looked at this offense after what Mason Rudolph did in his first start and said, all right, we, we're going to need to change some things. They changed it. They uh totally uh, effectuated what they wanted to do and looked really good doing it. And I think this is something that this team can take forward with them. And again, just like I talked about with Seattle, are we sure Baltimore is good? Right? I mean, everyone yeah. got excited about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens uh, to start the season. And I think that some of those feelings are still lingering, but take full stock of what, they of what they've done this season. They beat Miami in week one. Cool. Who cares? I, they <laughs> yeah. put up 59 points, but you know what the hell does that mean? They beat Miami. Great. Good for them. Then they squeak Arizona at home, a game that the Cardinals had an opportunity uh, to win in the fourth quarter. And if they didn't have to settle for three field goals in the first half, I think they probably do win. Then they go to Kansas City. They lose comfortably. No fault of their own, but uh, hey, they still got uh, blown out by the Chiefs. And then last week, just absolutely handled at home by the Cleveland Browns. Easily. I don't buy this yeah. Baltimore Ravens team as being really all that good. So give me the Steelers at home, especially with me with the fact that if they lose by a field goal, I still win. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you again. I don't feel like this – you know what it is? It's the defense. The defense – like, Lamar yeah. Jackson's going to have those games, of course. And Marquise Brown is going to have those games where he's very boomer bust. And Andrews is the guy in that offense. They're going to lean on the run game, all of those things. But, honestly, like, it's the defense. It's not the same defense. Like, Baltimore over the past few years, what have we known? At least when I look into their numbers, it's like, you can't run on them. They're just a tough team to run on, tough team to throw on, and that's just not the case so far from fantasy land. They're giving up the six most fantasy points to running backs. Nick Chubb ran all over them last week pretty easily. What Cleveland did to go into Baltimore, maybe the Ravens were feeling themselves a little bit too much, but they went in there and put up like 500 yards of offense and 40 points pretty easily in a Cleveland team that has struggled for most of the season. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I loved the game plan for Mason Rudolph. He took care of the ball, didn't take a lot of shots downfield, but they used both running backs. I think that they will again, and they'll they'll have some success. So I think this game will be a grind, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, th I like the Steelers here to cover, and I wouldn't be shocked if they win that game. And then all of a sudden, if they do win that game, we really are looking at Baltimore as 
hey, this team is is not as good as what maybe some people thought heading into into the season, and especially after week one. Let's move over to a game in London. It is not going to be like 7 or 8 or 9 Eastern time. It is going to be 1 Eastern time, so you're not going to have to get up super early and set those lineups. But we have the Chicago Bears, four-and-a-half-point favorites. They actually opened up as seven-point favorites against the Oakland Raiders. Uh, this line has changed a little bit. The over-under was op- it was at 41. It's now 40-and-a-half. But the Bears are, depending on where you look, they could be four-and-a-half. Uh, Westgate has them at five right now. We don't know about Mitch Trubisky long-term, but we can feel pretty confident he's not going to play in this game, and it is going to be Chase Daniel. Whether the offense is better or not, that, that's probably a question for another show to dive really deep into it. You know, one that I'm sure the advanced route is, is something you and Henry Hunt uh, will talk about going forward if Chase Daniel is the guy for the Bears moving forward. But I just love this defense so much. Nothing has changed for me. I think that they can put up 14 points against the Raiders, and if they put up 14 points against the Raiders, they probably win the game. Oakland has a team implied total of 18, Chicago 22.5. Give me Chicago in this matchup because the defense is so legit. Yeah, I'm I'm rolling with a lot of confidence right off the top of the show here, Chris, because uh, this is another one of my favorite plays of the week. This is stealing uh, the fact that we're getting two and a half points back on the Bears because of the move from Trubisky uh, to Chase Daniel. Now, don't get me wrong. Mitch Trubisky is the better quarterback. The Bears are not winning the Super Bowl with Chase Daniel. They can win it with an improved Mitch Trubisky, but in a game against the Raiders where both these teams have to you know make this big uh, arduous travel uh, across the ocean to play in London, uh, I mean, where do the Raiders score? Where where, where are the points coming from right. for the Raiders? Can you tell me? No, where, I mean, they're not going to have they... success running the ball. That's right, for they're sure. Not, they're not going to run the ball. Tyrell Williams is banged up. Yeah. I mean, how well are they going to be able to pass against this defense? And what has to scare you the most if you are thinking about backing the Raiders or if you are a Raiders fan is that last week the Bears are – without Roquan Smith, without Bilal Nichols, without Akeem Hicks, and they still <laughs> yeah. look like the very best defense in the NFL against a Minnesota Vikings team that's been able to run all over pretty much whoever they want this season with Dalvin Cook, and the Bears are missing three starters, easily two of their best players in Hicks and Roquan Smith, and they still hold the Vikings to six relatively meaningless points in that game. I just don't see where the Raiders get to double digits in this game. So if you're telling me that the Bears can score 17 and cover four and a half, which I think they can, then I am making that bet all day. Give me the Bears. Give me that defense. Give me a steady Chase Daniel. And don't sleep now or don't uh, sell out now, David Montgomery, fantasy owners. This guy's snap rate keeps climbing as the weeks go on. Played 70% of the snaps last week. I think we see a big David Montgomery week, but I definitely think we see a big Bears week. I love the Bears this week. Yeah, coming off a career high, 24 touches from him, was involved in the passing game. 21 carries, certainly a career high. I'm with you there as well. I think Montgomery, now is the time to to really buy low on this guy because it is coming, and you can see it. He wasn't as efficient last week, but you can see it, and I think that they turned to him moving forward. You know, listen, I would take the under in the Raiders 18 team implied total. You brought up Cook. I mean, he, this guy had well over 100 yards in each of his first three games. He had 35 last week. Like, mm-hmm. he's just been so dominant. Yeah, this Chicago defense is absolutely legit. And I agree, Trubisky is probably better, but Chase Daniel is is more than capable of You're totally steady. Of totally steady. If if Trubisky was able, if he was to miss the next six seven weeks. Daniel could could easily lead this team to a division. Absolutely. I, and Oakland got the Saints after the bye, still without Drew Brees. The Chargers will be tough. The Eagles will be tough. But those are going to be games that their defense will keep them in. Again, they don't. Not much has changed, Beller. 
this team still just has to score like 14 to 18 points to be in ball games because their defense is that good. So I like them a lot this weekend. And that line, don't be surprised, guys, if it continues to climb, whether you're listening to us on a Wednesday or closer to kickoff. Um, like I said, it opened up at 7 and it's dropped to 5, but it's moved all around. I wouldn't be shocked if it gets back up to 7. I'll um, take the Bears anything less than a touchdown. Yeah, same. Agreed. That's what I was going to say. And if it goes over 7, maybe I stay away, but but touchdown or fewer in terms of points, absolutely. I'm in on that. Now this game, my goodness, everyone's going for 0-16. <laughs> we got Cincinnati Bengals and the Arizona Cardinals. We had um, Cincinnati opening up as as four-point favorites, the total 48.5. Not much has changed, 47.5, and, and we have a 3.5-point spread for Cincinnati. 25.5 team implied total for the Bungles, and the Cardinals are at 22. I, I, like This is a clear stay away for me. I'm not going to – like when I'm making bets and putting money down, I'm not going to be – putting money down on the Bengals or the Cardinals. I feel like if I had to choose, I would honestly choose Arizona. But right now, both teams are dealing with some injuries in terms of wide receivers. It doesn't look like Kirk is going to play. John Ross is out. I know he's been inconsistent. The Bengals throw the, the football a ton. It doesn't seem like they can stop anyone. I'll, I guess I'm going to lean with Arizona because it's three and a half. But my goodness, man, this is one I want to stay away from. Yeah, I'm totally with you on this. I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know what Cincinnati or Arizona are going to be able to bring to the table in this game, especially since they're two teams that want to live with their passing games and both are going to be missing, as you said, two key players in Christian Kirk and John Ross. Well, at least we Christian Kirk looks like we're going to be missing. John Ross definitely yeah. going to be missing. Um, yeah, yeah, this is just a game that I think could be fun for fantasy purposes because sure. of the fact that these two teams want to throw it a lot and because of the way that Arizona plays and makes both teams play really fast or lets allows both teams to play really fast. So I think there could be some some fireworks in this game, even if Kirk and Ross are both out. But uh, I, I just want no part of it for, for uh, actual gambling um, in pools where I'm picking every game. I likely will lean with Arizona and that it has 100% to do with the fact that they're catching points. Uh, I would take yeah. whichever which, whichever team was getting three and a half, no matter where this game was played, that's the team that I would back. I'll just take the points and, and flip a coin and see what happens. Yeah, well, somebody's got to win this football game. Uh, and, That's and, not necessarily true. The Cardinals <laughs> already have one tie. You're absolutely right. <laughs> we could see another tie for sure. Um, yeah, man, the Bengals just to me, like watching them last week, they just looked like they checked out. I mean, the offensive line it wasn't good, and Dalton was in there just taking sack after sack, and still AJ Green seems like he's you know still a couple weeks away at least. Ross is sidelined. Auden Tate, like he led the team in targets. Like it is just. It's not good for either side right now. Um, you know, the best player in the game is probably David Johnson, but, you know, how much will they use him remains to be seen. Well, let's move over to, I guess, a, a, maybe a more intriguing matchup, but still a couple teams where I just don't know their identity just yet. And Carolina has put together a couple wins with Kyle Allen. It's very impressive. Three-and-a-half-point favorites against Jacksonville. The total is 41. Carolina, 22.2. Team implied total, the Jags, 18. Also very impressive, Gardner Minshew, um, again, just continues to get things done. What's your thoughts here on this matchup? It was Carolina 4, now it's 3.5, not much movement. Yeah, another game that I'm uh, going to be staying away from uh, if, for betting. Um, just uh, like you said, two teams that uh, it's hard to get a, a great feel for them. I think it's hard to feel really confident in either side in this game. Uh, I will say, uh, you know, a couple of things in in both teams' favor. Number one, um, Leonard Fournette looked excellent he last did, yeah. week, yeah. and um, I think that the Jaguars uh, are starting to figure out what they can be offensively uh, with Gardner Minshew. Uh, they're getting enough from their pass catchers. Uh, James O'Shaughnessy has been a little bit of a surprise 
surprise play at the tight end position. DJ Chark had uh, a touchdown taken away on a pretty dubious call that was totally away from the ball, had nothing to do with the play, uh, which is just to say that once again, DJ Chark is showing up and making big plays. Uh, and, and with Fournette uh, emerging and staying healthy, I do think that they're starting to figure out what they can do offensively. Now on the other side, uh, if Jalen Ramsey isn't going to play in this game, uh, we saw a, a Jacksonville defense exposed without yeah. him last week against Denver. In every Jalen Ramsey game for Jacksonville, they had allowed one 300-yard passer, and that was Patrick Mahomes. Then in their first game without Jalen Ramsey, they allowed a 300-yard passer, and that was Joe Flacco. Uh, I do not want to be backing a team that is that different defensively without its star corner in Jalen Ramsey. So uh, there's enough reason to fade both teams. There's enough reason to you know squint and sort of like both teams, and that is a classic stay away. I really want nothing to do with this game. I think it could be fun uh, just as a pure football fan, but as a gambler, I'm not getting involved in this one. Yeah, there's just no reason to. Um, just, like, again, there's just no reason to waste money on, on two teams playing each other like this. I, I like the under. Um, I would like it a whole lot more if Ramsey does play and, and suit up. 41. I mean... Carolina didn't do a whole lot last week against against Houston. It is the McCaffrey show, and on the other side, it's the Fournette show. Fournette's yep. on pace to you know blow career highs away in targets and, and catches, and, and he ran all over that Denver defense for sure. Uh, but yeah, you bring up a good point without Jalen Ramsey. We saw Sutton find the end zone a couple times as well, and you know that's that's it wasn't going to happen if Jalen Ramsey was there. It's 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 a total different defense. But this is a game that I'm clearly going to stay away from. Like I said, I, I do like the under. It's sitting at 41 right now. Uh, I can get behind the under there. I don't think a lot of points will be scored in this game. Let's move over to Minnesota and the New York Giants. Minnesota opened up as six-point favorites, the total 46. It has dropped down to 44-and-a-half, and Minnesota now five-and-a-half-point favorites. Honestly, I feel like this line will get a little bit closer and move towards the Giants as we get closer to, to kickoff. Everyone has seen Kirk Cousins. He's, he's on display as just being brutal. I mean, his teammates are calling him out. Adam Thielen was asked after the game, was it hard to get open against the Bears? And he's like, well, like no, it wasn't. I was open. Like, And he kind of like backtracked it a little bit and said that Kirk Cousins needs time. He needs time in the pocket. He wasn't getting any time. This is a team that wants to run the football. I think he'll have a little bit more time against the Giants. And I think, honestly, you know, that whole – wheel thing what is it how does the saying go beller squeaky wheel, squeaky gets, wheel the grease. gets the grease yeah mm -hmm. and i think that they're going to utilize adam thielen in this game i i feel like i don't think we'll see a game of old but we will see thielen involved in this offense i am going to lean with the vikings right now it doesn't feel great knowing and seeing what i've saw over the four weeks of the season with this offense it is just the dalvin cook show but i feel like their defense is good enough and it is high at five and a half, but I am leaning with Minnesota currently right now to get this done. I think that they could win by a touchdown. Yeah, hard for me to like them as one of my top plays, but I'll definitely be picking the Vikings to cover this uh, five and a half. Again, if it stays under a touchdown, I can't see myself picking the Giants. Uh, I think the Vikings can control this game, and I think things are swinging a little bit too strongly in favor of the Giants. Uh, let's remember, I, I mean, they beat the Buccaneers. You know, Sure, the Buccaneers looked great last week, but they're still the Buccaneers. Uh, they won that game at home by a point, and then they beat a terrible absolutely dreadful Washington team. I think we I, I, the three worst teams in the NFL, maybe we could call it the four, are Miami, uh, Washington, Cincinnati, and um, – oh, God, I just lost the, the fourth one. Uh, Arizona, yes, thank you, thank you. So, I mean, those four teams are in a class of their own, and maybe Miami's even in a class uh, apart from the other three. But 
I'm not going to give the Giants too much credit uh, for beating a really, really bad Washington team. So I think that uh, they have a lot of trouble with this Minnesota team. And and I agree. I think that we're going to see a little bit more from the passing game. Uh, DeAndre Baker has been uh, abused through the air this season. I think the Vikings are going to be able uh, to take advantage uh, of him as well. I just think that we're going to see a lot of feeling, uh, a lot of digs, and and that uh, the Vikings are uh, finding a way to right the ship uh, against a really bad Giants team. So uh, give me the Vikings. Not quite a uh, top uh, play for me, but I do think that uh, the better team finds a way to win this one relatively comfortably. Yeah, I think so too. I think, you know, the defense will just be strong. I mean, Daniel Jones, I mean, he was 23 for 31, but he was 23 of 25 throwing it, you know, 10 yards or, or less or fewer. Like down the field, he may have to take some shots down the field. And, and I just, I don't think that he's there yet. I mean, he did throw two picks against Washington. So yeah, they ran away against a brutal team. This is going to be uh, a bit of a wake up call. And for Minnesota, I think that they have something to prove. I mean, they just lost to the Bears. They didn't do anything. I really do feel like that they're going to come out slinging it, lean on Cook, and 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 they win this game comfortably. So I will lean with them. But honestly, guys, I I feel pretty strong that this could get to like four, four and a half, closer to kickoff. And so I would wait it out a little bit. I don't think that the line is going to you know jump up to six, six and a half for the Vikings. So if you're not feeling that five and a half, maybe you risk it and wait just a couple days and see what happens there. This line could move as well um, because we just talked about Washington and in fact it has I mean New England opened up as 13 point favorites against Washington now 15 and a half point favorites the total has dropped quite a bit 47 and a half to 42 and a half and it's just again we said this before I mean Washington's team implied total is 13 Beller, do they get to 14 do they score two touchdowns against a New England team that just doesn't allow anything yeah, I mean, I think we need to start talking about New England, and I guess we sort of are uh, as, you know, right there with the Bears uh, as the best defenses in the NFL. This is another game where uh, I-, I think you can back New England comfortably just because uh, how do you build a realistic scenario in which Washington gets themselves enough points to stay within uh, 15, 15 and a half, 16, whatever it ends up being? Um, this offense is just completely terrible. Uh, just totally listless. Doesn't know what it wants to do. Even if it knows what it wants to do, it can't really do it. Terry McLaurin uh, still dealing with his hamstring injury. We don't know who the quarterback is going to be this week. I feel comfortable saying it's not going to be Dwayne Haskins, even though he came in in relief. Him, man, right? I don't think you want to throw this uh, guy who's, uh, the, you know, you're making a bet that he's the future of your franchise. You don't want to throw him in there uh, for his first start behind a bad offensive line against uh, one of the best defenses and one of the best teams in the NFL. But uh, I just don't see where any sort of points are going to come for, from for Washington. I will say that uh, New England's offense has me a little bit scared. Now, I, I'm not scared of uh, Washington at all, but you know, New England's offense for me, I mean, it's been – you know, we haven't been paying, I think, close enough attention to the fact that, I mean, they really haven't been able to run the ball at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that Sony Michelle has been so ineffective, uh, even though the Patriots have yet to trail at any point this season, is a big red flag uh, for me, not just for Michelle individually, but for this run game as a whole. Say what you will about Michelle and about running backs being, you know, replaceable or uh, semi-replaceable at least. Uh, they need him to be playing better than he is if the run game is going to be uh, you know, anything what they thought it could be coming into the season. Um, obviously, Obviously, the uh, passing game uh, has been fine, but nothing really special. And uh, Edelman being a little bit banged up still. Josh Gordon hasn't played to his full capabilities. Philip Dorsett is fine, but you know, just a guy, really. I, I mean, 
the New England offense, I think, could end up being uh, something that we have to talk about in a little bit more depth going forward. And that's the one area where I would say if there's a way for Washington to stay within two touchdowns or 15 points, that it would be by making this a 24 to 10 style of game. That's what has me a little bit wary of trusting New England to cover the full number. But uh, I still lean in their direction, maybe not quite a, uh, to make it a top play for me. But I mean, where does Washington score? Yeah, it, well, that's the thing. I mean, New England's only given up, what, 27 points all year? I mean, one was a pick six when Brady came out of the game. They've allowed the third fewest rushing yards on the season. They've allowed the third fewest passing yards. I understand that they haven't really played anyone. So we haven't really had a feel because, I mean, sure, at home, opening week, Pittsburgh, game plan, yada, yada. But then Miami, the Jets, again, the Bills – Guys, if you're buying into the Bills' defense, I mean, you absolutely have mm-hmm. to now. I mean, it's right there in front of you. Last year, they were unbelievable against quarterbacks. And last week, they were just – I mean, Brady couldn't do a thing. He was 18 for 39 for 150. They're, they're a really strong defense, especially at home. But we're not going to get a good feel going forward with this team offensively either. Washington on the schedule, then the Giants, then the Jets again. Like, it, they got Cleveland Week 8, Baltimore Week 9. Maybe we'll get a feel of the offense and how good it is. Then they got the bye after Philly. So, like, it's a cakewalk schedule. I think they roll. I think they get to 30 points. But you're right about Michelle. They they don't seem to have a run game. Rex Burkhead is, is certainly closing the gap. Now, he was hurt last week dealing with a foot injury. And, again, didn't really touch the field. Tough team to run on with, with the Bills. Tough team to pass on and run on. So we may not get a feel, but I, I think that they can score 30 points. I'm just not confident that Washington can get to double-digit points, at least 14. So that's why I, I will lean a New England. You may sweat it out. Guys, do it now. I mean, I owe I did it right away when it was 13. This will creep up to 17 and a half. Like it, it just will. People are already hammering New England, so it's going to jump up. This is another one, uh, another big spread, the second biggest one of the week, and it is off the board in some spots. The Eagles open up as 14-point favorites at home against the Jets, 44 and a half was the total. And again, like I said, it is completely off the board. I've seen it as high as 15 um, on one page and one book, but um, I guess we just don't know if Sam Darnold is going to play. I don't think the Eagles should be favored by 15, 14 points against anybody, to be honest with you, with that secondary and that defense. But if Sam Darnold doesn't play, it's really hard to back the Jets covering. Yeah, I agree with you completely. If Darnold plays and it stays around here, then I actually like the Jets uh, to to keep this semi-respectable. If he doesn't play, then I like the Eagles. But neither way is it going to be a uh, favorite uh, play of mine whatsoever, just because of what you said with uh, with Philly's defense and the fact that you know after a while, uh, even though uh, NFL uh, football is inherently a game of small samples because of how short the season is, uh, after a while we sort of need we need to start taking what we're seeing at face value, and, and, and there's reason to be concerned about these really slow starts for Philadelphia's offense yes. every single week. Eventually, they Dates seem to back find to their last stride. Year, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, they they find their stride eventually, but the fact that they have been just so ineffective in every single first quarter of this season has to give you some pause, especially if you're backing them to win a game by two touchdowns. I I mean, no matter who you are, no matter who you're playing, it's a lot of points to cover and you need to really hit the ground running. And so the fact that they have been so poor offensively early on in games this season, and you said, Meany, dating back to last year uh, is enough reason to give me pause. I'm feeling super confident in the Eagles even if uh, Darnold uh, is sitting out one more week because of Mono. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from it, to be honest. Yeah, even if Darnold doesn't play. If he does play, I probably will get sucked into picking the Jets. 
because I think the offense is clearly going to be better with him. Like Robbie Anderson will be in play. Saw Jamison Crowder, what he did week one. Bell's going to have issues running against the Eagles defense, but he's going to be in play catching balls out of the backfield. The Eagles have struggled against running backs for a couple of years now. Who can catch out of that backfield? So this is it is a stay away game for me, but I, I think what we'll see is Philadelphia lean a little bit more on their run game. And I, we saw it last week that they controlled the line of scrimmage against the Packers. There were holes for Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. But I think they'll lean on both of those guys and play at a slower pace. Uh, but I just don't have much confidence that they can beat anybody by two touchdowns because you bring up a good point. The offense has just not been there in the first quarter of games. I think they averaged six points last season in the first quarter. It's insane. It's insane. For a team that for, – For an offense that's – right. a team that's good and an offense that's got plenty of talent. That, and a, well, yeah. A top five, six, seven quarterback in the league. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly where Wentz slots, but it's somewhere around there. Yeah, certainly, uh, for sure. This is a more interesting game, the Saints and the Bucks. Last year it was, it was a shootout, but we had Breeze and Fitzpatrick going toe-to-toe. We're not going to have these <laughs> quarterbacks going toe-to-toe this week. But a very impressive performance, as we said off the top. Like, it screwed a lot of us in Survivor for sure. I was – pulling my hair out at the defense with the Rams. I couldn't stop anybody. Chris Godwin, he could hardly walk to the stadium. He's out there catching 12 passes for like almost 200 yards and a couple scores. The Saints open up as five-and-a-half-point favorites. They are now currently three-and-a-half-point favorites. The total has not budged at all. It is 47. Saints 25, team implied total. The Bucks 21. I'm kind of leaning with the Bucks here, but the – the more it gets closer to the Saints side, I'm a little hesitant. Like five and a half, sure, easy, lock. But now it's three and a half, and that fact that everybody is back in the Bucks, I'm a little concerned. But man, did that defense ever show up and shut up Dallas last week? Yeah, um, you know, I, I'll admit that this uh, the Saints minus three and a half feels like a sucker bet. Uh, but I just can't, I can't stay away from it. I mean, they are so obviously the, the better, better team, team yeah. in this game, and they're playing at home, and their defense looked awesome last week i mean right dallas rolled over their first three opponents and they weren't exactly uh the toughest teams in the world but dallas is just looking like is this the it's best like team a wake-up call <laughs> Dak prescott right's gonna win the mvp and then they go into new orleans and just get absolutely shut down by this defense that defensive line completely controlled that game won that game for the new orleans saints and now they're only three and a half point favorites at home against the buccaneers again the only thing that gives me any sort of pause is that it just feels like a sucker play. Like it feels like you are being begged to back the Saints. And that's always something that makes me a little bit wary. But I just look at these two teams and the Saints are so clearly the better team. And I mean, for my money, still the best team once they get Drew Brees back uh, in the NFC. So I, I'm you know, even without Brees and even with the fact that the Buccaneers offense uh, seems to be starting to put things together over the last couple of weeks. Uh, give me the Saints to win this game uh, by, you know, the, the three and a half just feels super uh, comfortable for me. So I, I will happily take the better team at home, even though I could end up looking like an idiot uh, a, a couple of weeks or a, a couple of days from now, uh, depending on uh, if uh, Vegas totally trapped me on this one. Yeah, it, it, it I, got, I got a weird feeling with that line. Like, I, I'm with you. I think it could even get to three and then it's like, OK, I'll. I will lean with the Saints that way. They certainly are the better team. And Winston has struggled against the Saints. His last four games, three touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, you know, he obviously is is known to throw a pick or two here and there. But uh, he does struggle against this New Orleans defense. And, yeah, man, they just looked so good. I don't know if it was Dallas just really feeling themselves. feeling. I'm sure they were. I mean, they rolled three mediocre teams, to your point. And then going into New Orleans, they just couldn't do anything. So it was a great game plan. And Jameis obviously uh, 
you know, Dak does a good job of taking care of the ball. Jameis doesn't. He still almost gave that game away, Beller. You see the, the one throw yeah. where it was it was picked <laughs> off. It's like, oh, here we go. This is it. Jameis is going to make this happen for us. The Rams will get back into it. I am I'm leaning Tampa right now. Uh, but I don't feel good about it. I really don't feel great about it. I will you just know, probably say away. You said uh, if it got down to three, yeah. then you'd feel yes, better about the I same. Would. I would actually, in, in, like, in a you know sort of uh, counterintuitive way, feel worse about the Saints if it got down to three. Yeah. To me, that would just be like way too fishy, like way <laughs> too much. They're betting like, oh, okay. So if, even if they just win by a field goal, I'm pushing. Like uh, to me, I, I like that it's sitting at three and a three half. And a half. I kind of hope it. I kind of hope it stays stubborn and stays here. Fair. Uh, and. and you know, gets people to think the other way. Like, all right, Buccaneers uh, lose by a field goal and I'm good. I, I like the I like the way it sits at three and a half. I feel less confident if it gets down to three. That just feels too much like Vegas courting action on the Saints. Yeah, something fishy going on about that game. Um, yeah, Houston opened up as three and a half point favorites against the Falcons. Who, again, another team, right? I think I gave them the benefit of the doubt last week against the Titans. Again, I said two teams that just can't figure out, and they just looked awful again, and the Titans rolled. Now they got to go into Houston and beat a Texans team that's struggling themselves, especially on offense. So it was a 49.5 total. It's now 48.5, and people are backing the Texans right now. They, Like I said, they open up at 3.5-point favorites. It's now 5. Uh, 26.7 is the team implied total for Houston, 21 for the Falcons. I think I'm getting suckered in again with this Falcons team. I really, I really do. Like, I just feel like five is too much. What I've seen from Houston over the past couple weeks since the start of the season, it's been three mediocre games in a row now for Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, a team that can't run the football. I don't want to put everything on Hopkins because I think he is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And you saw him break down the Carolina defense and what they were doing to him last week in that clip. I mean, if you haven't, go check it out. Um, you know, it was it was a phenomenal answer. And he clearly is on point. He's smart enough to realize what to do and how to change things. But Beller, he's just he's on his ass every other time I see him, man. He's got no time to throw in the pocket. He's running around like a madman and he can't hit anybody. He hasn't been able to hit Fuller. He's taken those shots, but he doesn't have the time to hit Fuller. I know the Falcons have been brutal. They can't tackle anybody. These are two teams that I just think are struggling. I just think it's going to be a field goal game. So I will go with Atlanta, but guys, like honestly, we'll probably listen to Beller here because I've been completely wrong <laughs> on the Falcons. Like they're just, they're in a mess themselves and another team that can't run the football. Uh, well, thank you for your confidence. Although, if people are gonna, <laughs> if people are listening to me, then they're gonna be going against you because I like Houston in this you? one. This, uh, you know, we're gonna give our top seven. I don't think Houston's gonna be in it, but uh, by the time Sunday rolls around, they could be in it. They're just outside it uh, for me right now. Uh, and the big, there are two things that are at play for me uh, with Houston. Number one, they're the better team. They're playing at home. Uh, they've got. Uh, I was gonna say they've definitely got the better quarterback. I'm not so sure about that, but uh, at worst, it's a, it's a wash in the quarterback department. Uh, for Houston, but they're, I think they're definitely comfortably the better of these two teams. Number two, and this is really the big one, uh, everything you said about Houston's offense and the issues they're having, totally true. Uh, Deshaun Watson uh, is getting just so much pressure in his face. He, there aren't enough, there isn't, hasn't been enough time consistently for DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller uh, to uh, develop those routes deep down the field, uh, and that all holds true. However, I don't think Atlanta's equipped to take advantage of this uh, of this weakness. This is not a team that scares me with its pass rush. It's not a team that scares me uh, in coverage. And I think that you know the weakness may be there, 
But the team on the other side, just because the weakness exists, doesn't mean every team can exploit it. And I think Atlanta is one of those teams that can exploit it. Ranked 21st in pass defense, uh, according to Football Outsiders DVOA. Uh, This is a team that I just don't think uh, is going to be able to make Houston pay for its continued inability uh, or uh, lack of even trying to address its offensive line woes. So that's really the reason that puts Houston over the top for me. I think they're going to be able to overcome that weakness in this game, uh, hold serve at home, and get a win over the Falcons. I feel like we said this last week against Carolina. Like, ah, oh, they're a better team. They're at home. You know, they'll score some points. And and, and it just – I just wasn't impressed with, with what I saw. I know it's just one game, but I, I've been following this Texans team, and – I just feel like they're slightly – I mean, both of these teams, I think, are, are slightly overrated a little bit. Heading into the year, they were both – I don't know if that's true for the Falcons anymore. Yeah, it's you're right. It's probably not. <laughs> I mean, they, they have no run game. Matt Ryan is throwing the ball the second most out of anybody in the league. He has over 300 yards in every single game, but it's not, it's not saying much. Like, fantasy, cool. That's awesome. But that's not what you want. You don't want your quarterback throwing the ball 40-plus times every game. He threw the ball 53 times last week. He's got eight touchdowns, but he also has six interceptions – yeah, it's it, it is a complete mess. I think on both sides. I, I just feel like five points is too much from what I've seen from the Texans. Again, I, I this is a team that I can't figure out with the Atlanta Falcons, and I, I here I am again trying to back this team that they can keep things close, and I most likely will be disappointed. Tennessee and <laughs> Buffalo. We have the Titans as three point favorites. This is an interesting game as well. Um, it actually opened as two and a half for Tennessee. It's now three. The total is has stayed at thirty eight. Um, two low team implied totals here, of course, Tennessee 20, Buffalo 17. We don't know about Josh Allen. I I think the Bills would have a chance with Josh Allen, but I'm not going to back them if it's Matt Barkley throwing the football for them. As as decent as he looked in a couple drives there, you know, they were moving the ball a little bit against New England. No thanks. I have a lot of respect for this Tennessee defense. I feel pretty comfortable about the under. If I had to choose, I will go Tennessee, but this is another Mm -hmm. one I'm staying away from. Yeah, and this this minus three line has to assume that Josh Allen's playing, right? Yeah, for right. sure. There, I mean, it would move, yeah, more. If there's no way because because Josh Allen has to be worth at least a, a couple of points Absolutely. over Matt Barkley, yeah. right? And there's no way that the Bills are going to be, uh, you know, I, I don't think this would be like a pick 'em spread with with uh, you know if if this is a minus three with if this were a minus three with Matt Barkley, then it would have to be like a pick 'em with Josh Allen, and I don't think that would happen, especially with what we saw from Tennessee and Houston last week. So this has to assume Josh Allen's playing. Um, I'm with you here. Just two teams that I trust neither offense. I trust both defenses. I don't want to get tied up in a game like that. I don't want to get tied up in a game where I don't necessarily love either team and where one big play either way and either team's liable to make it could totally swing the game entirely. So for me, it's a stay away um, where I have to pick it. I'll likely be picking the Titans and it's because they're at home and because Josh Allen uh, may not play in this game. And if the line changes, uh, once we get confirmation that it would be Matt Barkley, then maybe we revisit it. But I still think that if anything, I would try, I would feel better about the bills plus three with Josh Allen than the bills plus six with Matt Barkley. Yeah. If you get any, the second, I think, you know, if Barkley is, or, Josh Allen is confirmed and he does play. I think you head to the line right away and then you jump on that, the Bills plus three. But, yeah, to your point, if, if Barkley's confirmed starter, what does this get to? Maybe four, four and a half? Yeah, maybe even more. Yeah, it's certainly I think. possible. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like, just, uh, that, that's got more to do with Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen's yeah. got to be worth more than a point or a point and a half over Matt Barkley, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, Allen's been okay. I, he's, he's turned the ball over a ton. 
but he he's been better. At least he he just has some weapons this year to throw the football to. So yeah, he's and Buffalo has to change their offense entirely. Without uh, entirely, him. you're absolutely right. right. Yeah. yeah, they do. So that that that's really where the big change comes for me. If they had someone who had his similar style uh, of play, and they could still do a lot of what they wanted to do on the ground with with the uh, RPOs and design quarterback runs, then maybe it doesn't move that much. But they got to totally change what they do, and this team's just not built to win with a uh, a guy like Matt Barkley, I think, uh, as their quarterback. So uh, I would love the Titans, uh, depending on what happened with the line, if it's Matt Barkley. Yeah. Or at least like. I don't want to say love right. with the Titans, yeah. but I'd, I'd like him. Yeah, we can't love the Titans. Let's be honest <laughs> no, we can't. I, um, we can't. 38. Sorry, Eric Young. Yes. <laughs> yes, sorry, Eric Young. Um, 38 seems low, but I'm going to take the under there. That's, uh, that's one of the bets I do like in terms of totals. Let's move to the later games on Sunday afternoon. We have the Chargers, six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Denver Broncos. Denver really struggling, as we said earlier. Just a team that has a couple heartbreaking losses for sure, uh, and the defense just hasn't been good at all. We have a Chargers team still banged up, but we're going to see Melvin Gordon. I think we're going to see Melvin Gordon. He was just hanging on the sidelines, didn't chuck the helmet on once. No surprise that he didn't touch the field, but we probably should see uh, a few snaps from him this week. And the line hasn't moved, Beller. It's still six and a half. The total has jumped up half a point, 44 and a half. Uh, we have team applied totals for the Chargers at 25. The Broncos, 19. Too much for a division game? Do uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's necessarily too much for a division game. I think it's maybe too much for this Chargers team, uh, the way that uh, they've played to this point of the season. Uh, the Broncos, um, you know, they've been um, mostly in every game they've played, right? I, I mean, they've uh, gotten no and four record to show for it. So uh, that's not necessarily working out for them. Uh, but uh, it's another game where I, I just don't have enough confidence in either side uh, to really feel good about backing them. I do think the Chargers. Um, the Chargers will be my play uh, where I have to pick every single game. Uh, I'm interested to see what they end up doing with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler obviously has been way too good uh, for this to just to be you know, the Melvin Gordon show once again. Uh, and I think they're going to be able to figure out ways to get both these guys on the field together, to get both of them and keep both of them involved. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I think that we start to see a little bit more uh, consistent effectiveness from this Chargers offense uh, once they get Melvin Gordon fully uh, wrapped into what they're doing. I do like the Chargers in this game. Uh, just the better team, only having to win by a touchdown, the comfortably better team. Uh, but Denver's been competitive enough uh, to this point of the season that I don't necessarily love the Chargers as one of my top core plays for the week. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way with this one. It's a little bit surprising. I, I will lean with, with Denver here because of what you talked about. They have been pretty competitive so far this season, and the Chargers are just – they just continue to deal with with injuries. There was a point in that game where they were without their punter and kicker, and I was like, oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> like, this is just the Chargers all over again. Now both were, were able to play, but – Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin, these are guys that are still questionable, um, losing guys uh, on defense as well. So I I, it do, I don't feel great about it. It's not, definitely not going to be in my seven, but I do feel like a division game. The, the, the fact that I was able to see Denver go into Green Bay and hang around with the Packers, it makes me feel like they can hang around a little bit here mm-hmm. with the Chargers. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I honestly do not feel all that good about you know backing Denver here. So they will be – out of my seven. The Cowboys, three-and-a-half-point favorite, speaking of the Packers, up against Green Bay. Uh, this line really hasn't moved a ton. We have Dallas opening up as four-point favorites, the total 48. It's dropped down to three-and-a-half and a total of 47. Green Bay without Devontae Adams, does it concern you at all? Is is Dallas as good as what we thought they were? There's a lot of question marks, I think, all of a sudden with both of these two teams. What's your thoughts? 
Oh, Green Bay without Devontae Adams would really concern me and would change the way I feel about this game. Right now, I'm assuming that we're going to have Devontae Adams out there. Uh, and if he is, uh, and if he's generally himself, I really like the Packers in this one. This will be one of my favorite plays with a mostly healthy Devontae Adams. Uh, again, I just think that um, I think that uh, New Orleans exposed some real flaws in this Dallas team. Now, they might get Michael Gallup back, uh, so we could have the Green Bay losing a receiver, Dallas gaining a receiver, and that would change things even further. This is one that you can't lock in yet. You need to let this one go to the weekend. But if we get good news on Devontae Adams, uh, I think the Packers are the better team. And so I like the fact that they're going to be getting a three and a half going on the road. Uh, this defense has been able to stay mostly in control of games this season. Now, uh, the loss to Philadelphia was a little bit different, uh, of course, and they uh, stepped up in weight class uh, in that game as well, especially at the quarterback position. When you look at what they did the first three games compared uh, with Carson Wentz, obviously the best quarterback that they've played to this point of the season. Uh, but I don't think that what we saw from Green Bay offensively in that game was just a product of a, a softer matchup against Philadelphia's uh, weak secondary. I think that you know the Aaron Rodgers-Matt LaFleur partnership was always going to be a work in progress especially early in the season and I think we're finally starting to see the returns on that and just like uh, the the quarterback was a step up in weight class for them after they played uh, what Kirk Cousins Mitch Trubisky and Joe Flacco the first three games the defense was a big step down after playing uh, the Broncos Bears and Vikings getting to play the Eagles uh, the Cowboys better defense than the Eagles but I don't think quite in the class of the other ones, certainly not uh, with uh, Chicago, maybe not Minnesota either. So I think this is another game where if Aaron Rodgers has a healthy Devontae Adams, we're going to see a lot of uh, big plays out of this passing game. And if Devontae Adams is healthy, uh, I will like the Packers quite a bit, catching three and a half points. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play. And you bring up a good call about waiting it out because you probably should. Um, I'm a little bit riskier. <laughs> I think the line will change with Adams out, and I think it'll favor Dallas a little bit more. So I'm I'm gonna jump on the on the Cowboys right now. I don't think Adams is is gonna play in the football game. I think he's really dealing with turf toe, and we've seen that's usually like a three week injury. So I mean, follow practice reports. Obviously, I don't expect him to to practice too much on Thursday, but Friday is gonna be the key game, the key day. You're gonna want to keep an eye on on practice reports on Friday for him and Gallup. I just feel like Dallas bounces back here at home, and you're right, work in progress for sure. I mean, what we saw from Lafleur and the Cowboy and the Packers offense last week, it was all Adams. I mean, you able to throw in the secondary for sure, but they were trying to run the ball on first and second down when they hadn't had any success at all. And then when they get inside the red zone, and I think like six plays on two different possessions, they didn't try to run the ball once. I know Adams wasn't on the field in that last possession. Rodgers threw that pick, but there's. They still need to work out some kinks offensively, and I think they'll struggle to move the ball without without Devontae Adams. I, again, I just don't expect them to play. So right now I will lean Dallas. Uh, I think that line will change considerably if we hear that Adams is sidelined. To the Sunday night football game, this is a line that's moved quite a bit. We had the Chiefs opening up as nine-point favorites against the Colts, and over-under at 54. Now it's 11. You don't see 11 too much. 56.5 is the total. I mean, I still think at 11, I would I would take Kansas City. I think they win by a couple touchdowns here. There's some question marks with the Colts. We don't know if T.Y. Hilton is going to play. Jacoby Brissett has been fine. He's been great. He's been, like, I think we said from week one, we, you and I, like, this is a much different Colts team from 2017 when Brissett had to take over. The defense is better. The offensive line is better. Frank Reich, the system, it's all good. Like, Jacoby Brissett has been fine. But this is a Chiefs team, and Patrick Mahomes coming off a game where he didn't throw a touchdown. He might throw four in this game, Beller. 
<laughs> yeah, um, uh, you know, we're getting a little long here. I'm not going to spend too much time. Uh, the, I, I just don't see any way that the Chiefs keep, or the Colts, excuse me, keep the Chiefs south of like 35 points. Um, so uh, you, you're telling me if that, that if I can get like a 35-24 game, then I'm a winner. I'll go ahead. I'll back that. Uh, give me the Chiefs. Give me a, a big-time bounce-back performance uh, from uh, Patrick Mahomes. They get back home. They get under the uh, spotlight where he has played quite well in his okay. career. Uh, I will absolutely uh, back the Chiefs with a ton of confidence. No no uh, knock on the Colts necessarily and Jacoby Brissett, who has been very good this season, but yeah. I just have trouble believing that they're going to be able to keep up with what uh, Mahomes is going to be able to do to them, especially with the fact that Colts' defense really hasn't been very resistant against pass or run. 24, 24th against the pass, 32nd, that is last, against the run this season. Uh, give me the Chiefs and give them to me confidently. Yeah, and a couple garbage time touchdowns late last week. Really, Oakland handled them pretty easily. We don't even know the status mm -hmm. of Marlon Mack. So the final game is Monday night. We have the 49ers and the Cleveland Browns. San Fran actually opened up as five-point favorites in this game. They're now just just three and a half point favorites. I don't think San Fran's that good. They're three and zero, but they Me haven't played either. anybody good. So <laughs> I'm going to take Cleveland pretty confident. I this is like if I had to choose a lock, like we were talking earlier with the Rams, like the bookend lock to start the week to finish the week. This is kind of how I feel with Cleveland. Love, love, love the Cleveland Browns. This is a great spot for them. Um, they, uh, I think, we're finally talking about Green Bay, right? And this, here's an offense that we're starting to see come together. We're starting to see what it can be, uh, even with that offensive line. Uh, you know, putting Baker Mayfield in tough spots. Uh, they've been a little better though, blocking for the run than they have for the past this season. And you know, a lot of people are getting excited about what San Francisco's been able to do, to do defensively, uh, notably against the run. Well, Week One they played a Tampa Bay team that still doesn't really know what it wants to do on the ground. Is it Ronald Jones? Is it Peyton Barber? I don't know. They don't know. Who cares what San Francisco did in that game? I think a lot of defenses could do that to Tampa Bay this season. Week two, they played Cincinnati, a game that A, they controlled from the start, and B, Joe Mixon was banged up. Week three, they played Pittsburgh. James Conner got hurt in that game. They barely used Jalen Samuels at all in it, so I'm not really all that impressed. with. I mean, I guess you can only do what you can do against the teams you play, but... Yeah. You know, they're going to see a much different run game from the Cleveland Browns and Nick Chubb this week. I think the Browns win this game outright. I absolutely love the Browns getting three and a half points. This is my favorite play of the week. Oh, baby, yeah. And Jimmy G's been better, but he's going to feel some pressure this week for sure uh, from that Cleveland defense. All right, before we – actually, let's do it. Let's get into our seven again uh, off the top of the show. Brutal week. My apologies, guys. we got to hold ourselves accountable here. I'm ready to bounce back strong, so here's my seven. <laughs> let's do it. we got the Rams, the Bears – the Vikings, oh my goodness, I'm worried about that one. The Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Pats, and the Browns. I originally had the Falcons in there, but I can't do it. I will lean with Atlanta, but they are out of my seven. So that's my seven, guys. Uh, Beller, who are you rocking? Uh, I am rocking the Rams, Steelers, Bears, Saints, Chiefs, Browns. I feel comfortable saying there will be no changes to those six. Uh, if Devontae Adams plays, I am going to go with the Green Bay Packers. If he doesn't play, uh, then I am likely going to make that change to the Houston Texans again. I just don't think the Falcons can exploit Houston's weakness. And if you don't exploit Houston's weakness, they're a much better team. Uh, so I think that Houston wins that game. Uh, and that would be the way I would go if we get bad news on Devontae Adams and his toe injury. Okay, fair enough. So we're in lockstep there with a couple. Certainly the Rams, the Bears, the Chiefs, and the Browns are, are four strong bets that we really do like. So Survivor, if you're still hanging around, amazing. 
Uh, some people just turned off the show immediately. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. Hey, if I was if I wasn't talking, if I wasn't talking, if I if I didn't if I wasn't contractually obligated to be here, I'd probably be like making a sandwich or something right now. Fair enough. There are a few survivor <laughs> plays out there. We have the Chiefs over the Colts, the Eagles over the Jets, the Patriots. If you haven't used them against Washington, uh, the Chargers potentially against the Broncos. I I won't go there, but I've been burned before by not picking the Chargers. And uh, you have a let's get nuts pick potentially uh, one that yeah let's get nuts with the bears right i mean you and i are both super yeah, confident sure. in them again where does so if you if you've already used the chiefs and the patriots if you, you could use the eagles week one yeah yeah you could use the eagles week one uh when they were playing washington uh, you certainly could have used the chargers last week against the dolphins so if uh if all those teams are off the board for you or if you want to get a little bit uh crazy uh i mean chris we're both super confident in the bears right? yeah. again where do the raiders score how do the raiders score more than 13 points in this game agreed yeah and and it's and it's fine to go against the grain we saw some upsets last week we could see this could be another upset week where some of those some of those bigger teams like i'm new england's gonna win but like you never know the chargers we just talked about the eagles their secondary had struggling offensively to score points early on in the game like you just don't know what's gonna happen i i'm pretty confident knowing that the raiders are gonna have a hard time scoring 14 points against chicago in london all right guys so a little long but we appreciate you hanging out for sure we'll get into um you know as the weeks go on more teams will be on by so we'll we'll keep things a little bit tighter for you we appreciate you hanging out again check out the athletic.com slash best on the board that will give you a 40 percent off athletic subscription you'll get the whole works everything there again tweet us your picks any questions that you have things change we're always available on twitter at mbeller at chris meany good luck week five let the winners be yours we'll catch you next week Thank you.